I'm hurt, dog. Don't ask me if I'm all right. Hell no. What he said dominate, and we not doing it. I put my heart in this, dog. Let's go, man. You're listening to Kane Gang, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to another edition of the Kane Gang Radio Show here on Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio. As always, at the helm, it's your boy DC. Up at the cut is your boy Dirty Bird. Bird, Bird, Bird. There is a lot to talk about today. Obviously, man, I was kind of, I was kind of figuring out how we were going to fill two hours today, man. There's not, I, I didn't think there's much going on around here. No, nah, man, there's a, there's a lot going on, man. There's a lot. For those of you who don't know, Miami finished at seven and five. Got an opportunity to go eight and five with a matchup with the, the Wazoo Washington State up there in the Sun Bowl. So we'll see. But before we get into the whole topic, as far as the dismissal of our former head coach. Manny Diaz and our new head coach, Mr. Mario Cristobal. I want to take it back a little bit and do a little bit of recap about the season because I think there's a lot of things that we could talk about from the season that could sure. either have led to Manny being retained and and per se Blake being retained. Um, but things didn't go that way. So, you know, now we have a new coach. But again, I, I think we need to do some due justice and we need to go back and and look at the games that we've played over the last, you know, 12 weeks. And kind of figure out where things went wrong. What went wrong? How can they improve moving forward? So let's get into a little bit. Now, I know we have a guest coming on a little bit. You know, our boy Jason, uh, Kane's chief. You know, he'll be joining us shortly. But um, let's let's, let's talk. So there was so much hype going into this offseason about Miami, about Dariq King, Cam Harris, Mike Harley, Charleston Rambo, Will Mallory, like the O-line, the defense, you know. And I know we were kind of like, Maybe we were a little delusional with that first game thinking Miami's going to beat Alabama because my heart told me, oh, yeah, we're going to beat Alabama. But my head told me, ah, there's no way we're beating Alabama. But I'm always going to go with my heart because at the end of the day, I'm never going to pick Miami to lose. Damn Um, right. So it's it's one of those things, right? So let's talk about that first game. Let's talk about, listen, all the hoopla, all the hype. I think I predicted Miami to go 11-1. and Um, Obviously, that's – and, and reality and hypothetically, that wasn't too far fetched. Like there, there, and we'll get into it game by game, right? So yeah. let, let's let's talk about this Alabama game. So we go up to Atlanta. Um, you know, again, we we get up there. You know, the the afternoon, like Friday afternoon, things are pumping. We're chilling. You know, getting groovy. You know, we went to the little you know All Kings party over there. You know, that's where you kind of drop the beer and you know broke it. Man, you're never gonna let that 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 beer drop. I'm just saying, just you you drop the beer. And <laughs> never gonna let that one die, man. Drop the beer. So you know, we were up there, we're hanging out. You know, we got Mel Bratton, we got Lamar. You know, there's just you know Reggie Wayne's. You know, a bunch of people showed up afterwards. But you know, we go to we go to New York Prime. You know, we're just relaxing. We're having a good old time. Got a guy comes by as a bottle, like bro, like <laughs> like any bottle. He bought us a bottle of Dom, man. He bought like, a bottle of Dom. Just simply because we were Canes fans. Correct. But, see, there's a lot going on that night, right? And then, you know, we're excited about the game. You know, we get there on Saturday. You know, we're right there pregame, hyped up, blah, 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 blah. And then the game starts. (laughs) I was going to leave it at that. The game starts. And Alabama did what Alabama did. 
not to just Miami, but pretty much what they do to every single team, just like they did to Georgia this past weekend. Like they literally put it on us, you know, and yeah, we scored some points, but it wasn't even close. Like you would agree with that, right? It wasn't even close. Oh, absolutely. No, I mean, you like, you were, you were overmatched, um, you know, by a bigger and badder program, right? Like, you know, I think, I don't think we were that far off. I, I think we were probably a lot better of a team than what that score was indicative of. Right. But I mean, still, you know, the score, the, the score does tell you who you are. Right. And, 44 to 13 that we, uh, that we lost that, you know, Bryce Young coming out party. Um, you know, that guy, Jameson Williams is, you know, he burned us on like that 90 yard touchdown in there. Um, but yeah, I mean, Bryce Young for a first, uh, true game as a starter. I mean, he torched us, uh, you know, they distributed the ball evenly running it. Um, you know, really I'm kind of beat you at all in all facets of the game. And again, you say the score wasn't indicative of how, I think Miami played really bad that game. Mm-hmm. I think the the running game was like non-existent. The passing game was atrocious. Our defense was just brutal. You know, I don't know if the spotlight was too big for them. You know, you know, again, you want to see how you were going to match up with the big boys. And and when you go to match up with the big boys, you got to be prepared. You you got to be prepared and and ready to to play ball. And yep. I don't think that they were ready to play ball. Like you can almost sense sometimes how a team is going to play based on how they're coming up during pregame. Like go out there, act like it's a business meeting, act like you're going to go out there for a reason. But they were just kind of nonchalant going about, you know, their their motions and things like that. So again, we're zero and one. We're moving forward. You know, we got this potentially trap game with App State. You know, and you know, coming down to the rock, it's how is Miami gonna? How is Miami gonna, you know, respond after that loss to Alabama? Are they gonna come up full full blazing? Are they gonna be lackluster? You know, how, how are they gonna? How are they gonna come out? So joining us right now is our boy Jason, all the way over in he's in Texas. I'm not sure exactly where in Texas he's at, but he's over there in the Lone Star State. Jason, what's good, bro? What's up, guys? How are you doing today? What's up, Chief? We're good. Up, we're good. We're kind of, we're doing like a little recap. We just okay. we just missed the best part of the recap, which was the Alabama game. So <laughs> we're we're trying to go like game by game real quick, just to kind of get yeah. a quick you know a quick recap of how our season played out and and why our season played out the way they did. Um, and again, the reason why we're talking about this is because now we have a new coach. You know, our former coach Manny Diaz. There might have been some things there that he could have done better. That potentially maybe he still has his job. So. We're 0-1. We're, we're, you know, we, we're getting past Alabama. We're coming back to the Rock, and we got App State. Now, the App State game, I thought, literally should have been a blowout. Obviously, we had the guys from Black and Yellow or Black and Gold or Yellow and Brown, whatever. Black and Gold podcast. Man. Okay, Black and Gold podcast. <laughs> whatever, whatever they were, you know, we had them on. And, you know, Bird, tell me a little bit about that game. Yeah, man. I mean, well, you know, I think the black and gold guys were, were, were coming into it pretty confident, <laughs> right? And, and, and for good reason, man. I mean, you know. I mean, those people will fight it, but I think that's one of the best G5 programs in the nation, right? Um, you know, they have two incredible running backs, the Nate Noel and uh, and Cam Peoples, right? So, you know, they, they came in here, and that's a confident bunch. They're well coached. And uh, it's really kind of now that we're, we've closed the Manny Diaz era, you know, it's kind of that kryptonite that, that you know, he's faced a couple times coming in, like just teams that come in that believe that they can beat you, that come in and that aren't scared of you and they're not scared to run the ball down your throat and do whatever it takes to win. And, um, 
you know, it's kind of, you know, they, they fought us there, but, you know, shout out to, to Andy for, um, you know, nailing one from, I think it was what, 53. <laughs> so for yeah. a true freshman to bomb it from that deep, I mean, that was, uh, that was pretty impressive. So Jay, what's your take on that, on that game? Yeah. That, yeah. That one kind of remind me of the UAB game the year prior. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you remember, right. And so we were supposed to come on, it was the new, the Eric King, I think it was game one. We were one mm-hmm. of the first ones to start out COVID. First game of the you COVID know, era. Yeah, first game of COVID era, and and we could not throw the ball. Whether we could or didn't want to, we we ran the ball down their throat, but it totally took us off. And their offense, uh, I remember that was you know they 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 had some big receivers at UAB, so that one kind of reminded me of that. Uh, we knew that they had two good running backs at App State. Uh, Frank Ponce, I think, is their offensive coordinator. Uh, mm-hmm. They're that teetering, you know, group of five, power five kind of program where you could see them. They've played big boys. They've knocked off Michigan in the past. So we didn't take them for like, you know, granted, you, you can't say coming off of everybody wanted to see us. Okay. We gave them Alabama. Now you move on to app state. We wanted to see what the 2021 Miami hurricanes were going to be like, and to come dominate at home and right. blow this team out. And and that didn't happen. So that, that was kind of what I was left with. We, it was one of those things, right? A win is a win. And, and that was what we left with at the end of that one. So right. Cause it, cause, cause if you think about it, right. It doesn't matter if Miami's up. It doesn't matter if Miami's down. When teams come to play the University of Miami, they're going to give Miami their best game regardless because because it, it, it's Miami. So what I took away from that game was, number one, you got the win. Number two is there were things that you needed to improve on. And then how are you going to improve on that? So I thought that we went into that game with the understanding we're probably going to get the dub. We're going to move on. We're one and one. And, and let's get to Michigan State. So So here we are. We're going to Michigan State. They come into the house. We're up quick, 7-0, boom, boom. They get a field goal, 7-3. We drive back down the field. Will Mallory drops a uh, touchdown right in the end zone, right? So we're, we're not up 14-3. Then we miss a field goal, right? So instead of being up 14-3 or even 10-3, now we're down because they score. We're down 10-7. And, and then the wheels fell off. Like, it's little things like that. That, you know, I'm a big proponent of momentum. and. and momentum, she, she's a wicked witch. She can do mm-hmm. wonders with you or she can make or break you, right? So mm-hmm. the wicked witch called, called momentum, literally that pendulum swung to Michigan State and it was just no looking back. Defense couldn't do anything, couldn't get pressure. You know, I would have thought the defense would have been all over that. Their passing game, their running game. Um, you know, so again, so we ended up losing that game, right? And, and I'm going to give you guys a chance. So we're sitting at one and two after I was predict, you know, predicting that we'd be at least two and one going into, you know, Central Connecticut State. So, Jason, talk to me about the Michigan State game. Yeah, so I, that was one we got from uh, – so here in the uh, great Lone Star State uh, of Texas, we flew out, and we actually – man, my boy got out there. So we're sitting right behind you in the great seats that you have and watching that uh, <laughs> Will Mallory drop pass. I think everybody in the uh, stadium oh. lost their breath on that one, right? Uh, but – but really, that was the game that, you know, I left that game um, knowing that one Michigan State was better than we thought coming in, right? Uh, the year prior with Mel Tucker coming in, they fired their coach. We were supposed to play them the year before uh, the COVID year. We were going to go up there and play them. And we thought, man, that was going to be an easy game. They were in transition. Um, we didn't know who Michigan State was. I think we found out a little bit what Miami really was. But that was the Derek King injury game, Right. Um, and so the second half, I left feeling, you said we were 10-7 at halftime. The third quarter was a little bit back and forth. We had some plays. 
Derek fumbled a little bit, I think, if I remember correctly. But that injury that he had to his shoulder, I felt leaving the game, even not knowing how serious the shoulder was, we should have pulled him at that point. There was passes that D, you know, DK would not have m- missed uh, in a normal time. We knew he was hurt at that point. So I kind of left there going, you know, we saw him after the game. We saw him in a sling. And we thought, well, what what is this season going to look like? That's what I left with the impression of that game. Yeah. Bird, what do you think? Yeah, man, I look at it as as you guys were talking. I, you know, I remember back to that point and the the fact that the first three games, I kept saying, man, we played the the hardest schedule in the country through three games. You know what the record of those first three games of, of those three teams for the first three games was combined at the end of the year? Thirty-two and six. Wow. <laughs> I mean, and, those, and those, App State had four losses, I think. Right? Yeah, uh, App State had three. Right, because yeah, that includes their their championship game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Alabama got one, and Michigan State got two. Yeah, Good. yeah. So, I mean, you know, you talk about running into a buzzsaw, right? Like, and you know how you start your season, man. I mean, you know, you you walk into you know a game against Central Connecticut. You know, the the mood of the fan base was uh, was bad, <laughs> right? You know, sitting there at one and two. Um, you know, you mean the odds are almost stacked against you the rest of the year, right? So, this is kind of that point in the season where everybody looks at it, and you know. You really choose what to, you know, where to go from here, <laughs> you know. And uh, yeah, hey, one, uh, yeah. Sorry, one more thing. I I, I just looked at it real quick. I, you know, I forgot it. That was the Rambo breakout game too. Correct. You remember? Yeah, you remember he caught that? Yeah, he got 156 yards passing. So DK actually threw some good passes, but that was three quarters with. But you, if you remember when we came back in it, going into the fourth, he caught that pass over the middle between three defenders, and it was a pass interference or bloated the head and nobody thought that he was going to catch that pass. So you thought, okay, there's some connection. There's something there with Rambo. I mean, that was a big, massive game for him um, yeah. coming out of that one. But yeah. also, but also Rambo was open all day. Like that, that corner was playing off of Rambo 10, 15 yards on every single play. Like, and I don't know why, and Bird says this all the time, like your coordinator should be up in the booth and being able to expose these things because like if you're, if your defender is playing 10 to 15 yards, I'm using that all day. I don't care if it's an eight-yard gain every single play down the field. Yeah. That's eight yards down the field, eight yards down the field. And then you know what? You hit them with a double move. You hit them with an out and up. You know, there's different things that you can do. But they literally gave Rambo the whole the whole cushion that whole game, and we didn't take advantage of that. You know, you know what bothers me about that game, though, too? The final on that game was 38-17, to 17, and that's because Michigan State outscored us in the fourth, 21-3, right? Yeah. But – you hear all the narrative behind that. Everybody, oh, Miami got blown out against Michigan State. Yeah. No, you know what? We crumbled in the fourth quarter. We didn't get blown out. Getting blown out means, you know, first quarter, you know, they go up 14 nothing. They don't look back, right? And, yeah. you know, ends up game and it's, you know, it's, it's you know, 50 to 10, right? That's getting blown out, right? Losing 38 to 17, even though it's in your house, you know, that's not getting blown out. That's So I'm going to disagree with you. We got blown out right. because I- because here's the thing. Georgia's got to be what, 41 24? I don't even remember. 17 points. We'll go on to a little yeah, now. Yeah. They call that a blowout. So Miami gets beat with 21. Yeah. That's a blowout. Yeah. A win is regardless, a win. Regardless. Yeah, regardless. <laughs> to me, yeah. I'm going to disagree with you, Bird, because to me, you got your asses handed to you, right? Yeah. Like, it is what it is. If we would have beat them 38 17, did we blow them out? Yeah. Yeah. So they blew us out. <laughs> yeah, but go, going forward, I, I think going forward, if you look at that um, that play too, that was where the narrative, you know, two games in, you don't really define what the Miami Hurricanes are, right? We should have blown out App State. We played should the have. number one team in the nation. And, 
And then that game, that was the hellacious sports center highlight reel uh, where we went to do it. I'm not going to name players, Jordan but Hall? when we, yeah, you can say when it. we went, he when we, right. And so we went to do a tackle and we tackled the defender instead of the ball carrier, right? And that became the sports center highlight. So the narrative and the stats started to prove how many missed tackles. And so yeah. that game, you know, Walker ran, you know, had a great game on us, a lot of missed tackles in that game. And it, from that point, it was the narrative. We knew that that tackling was hellacious for our team in the season, mm -hmm. right? I think we remember. Yeah. So here it is. We're one and two. Okay. We got, we got, you know, we got high school team, Central Connecticut State coming up. We got Jake Garcia. We got TVD. You know, they're going to be starting. They're going to be split snaps back and forth. We're going to see how these young guys are going to respond. Because obviously we know King, we don't know the extent of the injury. But at the same time, we have to prepare our younger guys in case King can't make it the next couple games going to ACC play. So we're going to talk about the next couple games when we get back from break. You're listening to the King Game Radio Show here on Sirius XM Channel 145. Give us a few and we'll be right back. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker Every What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio. Serious XM. Yeah. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man, if, look, if they pick up Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking, I'm, I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't, you I don't call know. him that, I call him Tunga Vailoa, whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo? Tua? I can't do it. I'm done. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa. That sounds much better that way. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. I'm Andrew Saul, Commissioner of Social Security. I'm here to warn you about telephone scammers pretending to be government employees. Some of these scammers may say threatening things like you will be arrested if you don't make payments or provide personal information. Do not fall for these tricks. These calls are not from us. Real Social Security employees will never threaten you for information or money. If you receive a call like this, hang up. Never give the caller your personal information, like your Social Security number or bank account, or send money in any form, cash, gift cards, wire transfers, or prepaid debit cards. Report the call to our law enforcement arm, the Office of the Inspector General at oig.ssa.gov. Share this information with your friends and family. Hola mi gente, ¿qué tal? Les saluda la diva contra la caballota, la reina y mi cuyo. Un saludo a mi gente de Slam Radio. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio.
And we're back. And again, we just went through the first three games of the season. We were completely, in my opinion, wrong because I thought we would be two and one. But well, technically, I thought we'd be three and zero. I tell you, Heck yeah. Alabama. So anyway, we're we're one and two, right? So here's here's the young guns, right? This is the game that we talked about. None of your starters should be playing. This is an opportunity for your Leonard Taylors, your Romillos, your Jacobies, your Burchards, you know, your James, your Cams. All these young guys should be playing this game, you know, 100% because why do you need to play your starters at this game, right? So there were some good things that we saw coming out of this game. You know, you saw TVD, and again, I've been a huge TVD proponent from, from, from jump. Um, other people were really boasted on the Jake Garcia, and you saw the flashes. You saw Jake throwing the ball. You saw Jake running the ball. Um, you know, unfortunately, he got hurt. So you don't know how the season would have transpired once we found out that King was injured. But at the same time, TVD went in there, and I think he was like 11 for 11, like, you know, three touchdowns or whatever, right? So it was something ridiculous. Um, there's not really much to take away from that game. You, you came into that game healthy. You left that game with healthy with no injuries, you know, moving forward. Now you're going into ACC play. Jay, you got to say something about that game? Yeah, the, the, the one, the two things you left, obviously, is young players. But you remember, Garcia was hurt, which would later on, as mm-hmm. depth goes, uh, it yeah. comes out of that with that ankle injury. Well, but, I said significant but, injury. <laughs> got it. Yeah, you're you're talking <laughs> you're starters. Right. No, starters, you're talking starters, correct. That's a good point. Yep. Yeah, because again, we still didn't know what was going to happen with King. We just knew he was kind of going to rest his shoulder and going to be out. But obviously, yeah, you know, Jake on that scramble. But what the funny thing is, when he got up, you didn't see any signs of him being injured. He didn't right? know it until a couple of days later. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's more, more yeah. like a high ankle sprain. You know, you walk on it, you're playing, you know, your cleats are tight, you're taped up, you don't really feel it. You know, you, after the game, you cut everything off, and you're like, why is my ankle like five times the size that it should have been, right? So, but then it comes to find out we have ACC play. So during that week, we find out that King is still out, and TVD is going to get his first major start um, because they came out that Jake was, you know, uh, busted up on his leg or whatever. And what are we looking for with a true – I don't even want to say a true freshman, but but he's technically a redshirt freshman going into Virginia. Bird, what are we looking for that game? We're looking at a guy, for a guy who can play at, at or as well as what we you know believe uh, King was, right? And uh, I think we're all presently surprised. I mean, you know, we had a rough first half, right? But uh, going in, I mean, you know, I think from the, the second half on, it's kind of like, uh, you know, TVD hit the gas and didn't look back the, the rest of the year, man. So, you know, he had a little bit of a – you know, rough time getting settled in that first half, man. But, uh, you know, I mean, he, he really willed us back into the game, uh, you know, to put us in a position to win it at the last second. Yeah, I mean, down, I mean, going into halftime 16-7, you know, again, the offense kind of struggled a little bit. If I'm not mistaken, I think he threw for right around 200 yards. You know, it was kind of one of his lowest performances of the season when you, when you look back at it. Um, but the running game was decent. Like Cam ran, I think, for over 100 yards. Rooster maybe had like right around 50, 40, 50 yards. We, we moved the ball up and down the field. So let me ask you this question. So we talked about Manny Diaz and, and you know, he's no longer here uh, at Miami. We, we, we criticize, and I say we, I'm talking about the fan base, because the last two drives, if we remember correctly, like they literally ate Virginia up on the ground. They, they went down, they scored, you know, they got the ball back, they, dro- they drove all the way down the field, got to the 15, I think right around the 15-yard line with a first down, with about a minute and a half left to go. Is it the, and I, I, I get tired of hearing about the analytics, like, you know, the analytics, who cares about analytics? So I, I want to preface by saying, do you agree 
with the calls to win the, by field goal, or do you take the stance, let's punch it in? And, and, I, and I'll right. give you my answers afterwards. Go ahead, Bert. I know, well, I know where you stand on this one because, you know, look, the whole time that, that we were looking for that, that you know, that we were watching that drive, I mean, you had my family up there with me, and I was calling it play-by-play play what they were going to do, right? So I agree. I, th- I think I think you go and you, you get in the, the, you know, highest percentage chance to win the game, and that's, you know, knock it in and, and, and walk out of there, right? I mean, granted, yeah, you got a freshman kicker, but, you know, I, I think you put it in the, the hands of getting him in, a, in the best spot to, to hit that field goal, and unfortunately the young kid just missed it, man, and – uh it sucks. It sucks for him, but you know, he, I don't know. <laughs> Jay, what do you yeah. think? Yeah, I mean, I, I just looked real quick. You know, we're first and goal at the 14 yard line uh, with a minute and 34 seconds left. You're first and goal on the 14 yard line with a minute and 34 seconds left. Mm-hmm. I don't care your timeout situation in college football. I only have to know that there's no injury. Cam is still in, right? Um, you got a you got a another a quarterback over there. We've been running the ball good all game. We've already busted a 57 yarder. The offensive line has been playing great, right? Another thing is you don't want that quarterback, right? Uh, if we for, we all forget Armstrong at that point was slinging the rock around, right? And so he was all season, <laughs> yeah. So right, he was all season up to that point. He was the Kenny Pickett. I mean, he was leading the ACC mm-hmm. in passing. He was the dominant guy. And so you're, you, you have fought back. You have played great. Your young quarterback's playing great. You go for it, right? Fast and physical, right? Dominant Miami football. This is what they had preached. And then you play, like you said, analytics. I personally would have took way more shots, been aggressive, you know, not running everything up the belly, just trying to position yourself for your freshman kicker. Um, I don't think they took those shots. If you look, it's like a run, 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 yeah. field goal time. Like it's just run the clock down and take your shot. Now you're inches away. We're all we're not having this conversation if it bounces to the inside versus the outside, right? Correct. But mm-hmm. I still hundred out of a hundred times I take the shots. I trust my quarterback. I trust my team. We practice this. I just don't like the shots. If, if they took the shots and we didn't make it and we lost and we didn't feel good, I'm fine with that. I just didn't agree with the way those shots were taken, which was just running up the gut. So that's my point. Okay, so I'm gonna go both ways. Literally, when it was when they got to the first, when they got to the fourteen on first down, I literally left my seat and I kept walking back and forth. Do not <laughs> play for a field goal. Do not play for a field goal. Because again, you hear it on 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 you know on college football final. Do we have a college football kicker situation? I don't want to hear that. You know, I'd rather them because of the way that they drove the ball down the field. I'm taking those shots, and this is where the play calling to me has been suspect. Going back to the Alabama game. It was why are we running guys right up the right up the middle when we get no push? Our speed is to the outside, you know. So to me, it's you got to get the ball to the outside. At least one or two shots. Like, look, first down, take a shot on a fade route, a slant. Give me something. Don't just run up the middle. Second down, you take another shot. Third down, okay. And then maybe you run into the middle. You kneel it down again. Who's talking to Andy at this point, Andy? Do you want right hash? Do you want left hash? Do you want dead center? Right? To me, I'm, I'm, I'm on a right-footed kicker. I would much rather be on the left hash. So I'm kicking, you know, kind of towards the goal, not kind of trying to pull it, you know, because yeah. that's what he did. He was on the right yeah. hash, and he had to, you know, he had to pull the ball, and he pulled it a little too hard. And, and yeah. again, he's, he's an 18-year-old freshman kicker, but you know what? He's been kicking for his pretty much his whole life. Like, that's mm. nothing new to him. Like, so I don't want to hear, well, he was a freshman kicker. Yeah, he, he missed it. Right. 
So I put the blame, and I don't want to put blame, but I put the blame. I put the blame on Andy because he missed the kick. Number two, I put the blame on a coach. I don't know, and I never even talked to Andy. Did someone ask you where you wanted the ball placed? You know, what is better? What is better for you? That's something we probably will never know unless we talk to Andy. And he says, no, I told him to put it there and whatever. He missed it. The other thing is I blame the coach. Like, why don't you take the shot at least one or two times? Now, you can play devil's advocate. Well, we take a shot like we did in our next game against Carolina and we get an interception. So those are the things that you have to think about as you're calling plays, right? Like, what is the possibility uh, of doing that? So anyway, we're, we're sitting at one and three going into Carolina. Bird, take it away. <laughs> Why are you going to hand that one over to me, man? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you, you go in and when you look at the schedule at the beginning of the year, you look at the Carolina game and you say that is probably going to be our our, our toughest challenge on the road this year, right? Um, you know, and you walk into there again, you come out flat in the first half. Um, you know, there's 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 a couple of frustrating plays on the defensive side of the ball where, you know, where where we're missing tackles and we're not approaching things right. Um, you know, so it's it's a tough start to it. But you know, again, you know, the team starts to find a way to to will itself back and um, you know starts to scrap. And you know, I think at this point you're really starting to see some of the younger guys step up and and really get some some meaningful burn. Um, you know, and a lot of those guys don't look back the rest of the year and they start, you know, every game they start seeing more and more, uh, more and more action with it. So, um, yeah, I mean, you lose a heartbreaker. Um, you know, you can question that last play as, as much as you want. Um, bottom line is you, you, you turn the ball over when you had the opportunity to, to tie it and send it to overtime or, uh, <laughs> you know, or just punch it in and win it. So what do you got, Co? So let me, let me say this. Again, you started off slow. You went down 31-17 at half. You know, you had some bad throws. I don't say a bad throw. One was like a, a deflection for an interception, if I'm not mistaken. On a slant route, I think the Rambo kind of came, maybe a little bit behind him, came off him, and it was intercepted, right? But you started slow again. So now you have to try to come back. But I still go back to play calling. If we want to talk about that last drive, you get down to, I'm not sure if it was a 10-yard line, give or take, whatever, you know, you got to throw a fade route because at the end of the day, you're sitting with that field goal in your back pocket, right? That that's what these guys have to remember. You got that field goal in your back pocket. Don't take the opportunity. And then you run an RPO with no timeouts, right? If I'm not mistaken, Jay, you can, you, maybe you can help me. You had no timeouts there and you run an RPO. Now, granted, did Jakai miss the block? Did the, the nose tackle make a great play? Whatever the case may be to me, I'm throwing that on a fade route where nobody else can catch it except for my guy one-on-one on the outside. And listen, if it's not there, it's not there. I settle for the field goal. We go to overtime. Jay, yeah. your take. Yeah. So if any of you back up from that one play, what I'm left in that game was, you know, we actually came out. I mean, that was the Jafar Harvey uh, okay. interception return for a touchdown. We yeah. took their first blow. I mean, they went down. They had two plays back to back. Boom, boom, A 40-yard run, a 30-yard downs got a slant and go. And that, that, that was – Again, poor tackling. They had another 45. Immediately, right at the very beginning, we felt, here comes a 600-yard a rushing game on us again, right? I, I, that's what I felt the first two drives. I thought, oh, my God, they're going to go up and down on us all day. We slowed them down a little bit, even though they went that way. Their offense was high-powered. Uh, we were playing. You know, James Williams is getting a lot of burn that game. A lot um, of penalties, too. A lot, lot of, of penalties. A lot of immature lot of, penalties. Lot, yeah, and, and, and you know, this is the part where – and there's other people, right? Um, I mean, I think uh, – Cody Zach Brown McLeod. got a touchdown. 
Yeah, but Zach McLeod, and, and there's one play that sticks out to me. I think it was second and 10. Zach came up towards, towards the end of the game. It might have been the third quarter. And he blew Sam Howell up, and they called a roughing the passer on him. Yeah. It would have been yeah. third and 10. Yeah, horrible like, call. We were, had the momentum, and that was a bad call. So anyway, keep yeah. going. No, so, you know, Cody Brown got some burn. We were getting other people in the game, right? Um, this was Jalen. I think Jalen uh, at this point is taken over as the number one. I'm not sure when um, uh, Cam went out with the injury, but I think it was around this point. might have been that game or the one before it. Um, and, you know, for me, going down in that, that position, I looked at it and they were taking shots. How many times does a tip pass turn into an interception? Right in a game, we throw the ball 45 to 50 times a game. It doesn't happen game after game. You can go a whole season and not have a tip pass for an interception, right? Uh, Tip pass. And it wasn't a tip pass like a screen pass where that was a risky, right? We've done that, right? Where we got a, I think the Miami Dolphins did the same thing where you throw a screen pass um, and, and, you know, it looks like it's going to be a safety. Remember, we had that whole Pittsburgh kind of like delay type of thing. So, you know, we, and to me, they threw it over the middle, in the middle of the field, took a shot, had time. They were down by three, and they're going for the win. I don't think they were trying to be uber aggressive. I think they tell a young freshman quarterback on the road game, you know, his first road game, take a shot. We trust you. It's the same thing I just said the game before. We trust you. Take a shot. They didn't do it. This yeah. game they did, and they got a touched one. So for me, again, defensive explosive plays, giving up missed tackles. And then you really had bad luck at the end of the game. I, I don't think that was bad analytics. I don't think it was bad coaching. I think it was a just a bad play, a good play by them, and, and an unfortunate one. Yeah. Correct. All right, two so and four walking into the next two game. Two and four walking into the NC State ranked, I think, what, 18 at that point? Yeah, they're they were ranked, ranked 18 when they came Coming in. to the Rock. And, and, and I really thought that the momentum, and if I'm not mistaken, going back to Carolina, I think Sam Howell only threw for like a buck 50 that game. You know, they only ran for maybe 200 yards, give or take, to the whole team. Um, so I really start to see some improvement. I still don't like the play calling, you know, in the first half. But, okay, going into the next game. And we could probably finish this segment with this last game. So NC State. Um, I think this is kind of where, you know, TVD really had his breakout game thinking, okay, we saw something. I think he threw for 300-plus yards, four touchdowns. Um, you know, again, Knighton ran the ball well. Uh, Rambo, like, you know, besides Michigan State, I think Rambo surpassed like a buck 25 or something, a couple touchdowns. I, I really liked what I saw at, at this point from the second half of the Carolina game moving forward. I thought the offense literally changed directions. And they said, look, we're not going from like this power spread or whatever. We're going to be an air attack team and, and stop us. We have the athletes on the outside. We have Harley on the inside. We have X. We got Keyshawn. We got Rambo. I still don't know why we didn't use Elijah Arroyo most of the year. But anyway, you know, again, it was a different type of scenery. So, Bird, what's your what's your feedback going on the NC State game? Yeah, man. You know, dug deep and uh, were able to uh, able to get a victory, right? And you know, again, I mean, you you look at you know really the momentum shift, and you start playing the younger guys, right? And they, you know, they start uh, they started making plays and started showing up. I think uh, I think this was Rooster's breakout, if I'm not mistaken. I'm actually pulling the numbers yeah. now. I mean, yeah, he had 21 for for 83, and then. Uh, you know, he also had 83 yards receiving with that with that long touchdown on the wheel route. Which, by the way, the entire season that entire thing season. was wide open, and you know, we just refused we refused to call it, flat out refused. Um, you know, I, I think every time that we ran that thing, uh, you know, Rooster was gone, and 
you know, uh, that guy in the open field is, uh, is something special, man. But, uh, you know, look it, uh, it, it was good, man. I mean, we needed it. I, I, you know, can't even tell you how good I felt after that game. Cause you know, just, just these guys just needed it, man, because, you know, you lose, uh, you lose the, the two in heartbreaking fashion, the way you did against Virginia and UNC. And, you know, now you're here, you're at your third ACC game and you're like, mm, man, you know, like uh, our, our season's almost over. But, uh, you know, as far as the, being able to play for the ACC. But uh, we are coming up on a break here on the Kane Gang Radio Show here on Sirius XM Slam Radio Channel 145. Uh, we'll be back in just a moment recapping the season. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. But you I'm see what's a bad idea to do that? I didn't Bro, cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing. You're going to be home today, so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. Oh, and then you give me that puppy look. Back. You get that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Good thing nobody can see you crying tonight. I'm fine. Stay home. Privacy of your own home. Watch it on Zoom. <laughs> you, know, you can be a Richard sometimes. <laughs> Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Kane Gang. On Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really get motivated when people tell me it'll never happen. That, that to me is what makes me get up in the morning and go, what's next? 
All of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 294.9, iHeart Latino. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. Yeah, so recapping the season, you know, we're halfway there. Uh, we're talking the NC State game. Jason, what, what do you got for the NC State game? Yeah, so if you actually got to go back before the game, and I, I think you guys crushed it with the, you know, the analytics or the data on what happened during the game and the feeling and where we were at. I kind of want to start before the game. That's the Blake James kiss of death game uh, where the season outside the field kind of changed or off the field. And so this is the win you left as he went rogue, as they all talk about and going out to the national media and saying, hey, we have the expectation to win. Manny understands it. You know, we, he has to win, basically. So going in, everybody felt that pressure, right? This could have been the last game, what was expected, of Manny Diaz's coaching. There was a potential that could be firing. Not saying that would have happened, but that's the pressure going in if we take ourselves back to that time of the season, Right. And then you play it forward throughout the game or throughout the season. Excuse, yeah, throughout the game. And the one thing I'm left with is bit young players stepping up in big time moments from Tyler to uh, to Jalen. You remember Jalen came off of a suspension. This is yeah. like his third game, second game. So this is he had no, none of those other things. And then the biggest play of the game is Cam Kinchin, I think, on that fourth down and stop. Right. And so. To me, I left fired up more so, not just about the 2021 season, because at this point we've already lost more. I was fired up to see around that field, and this isn't veterans against, because we all understand that without the rook, without the freshman and the young player, the true freshmen and the redshirt freshmen, without them having veterans like McLeod, like Nesta, like all of them, this doesn't happen, right? They have to be melded and molded. So I left that game going, our veterans – and our coaching staff had prepared these young players, and they're talented enough to play big-time ACC power football program and make plays when they needed to do. So, yeah, that's what I was left with. So you, you bring up a name, and I was going to bring him up later on in the show, but like Zach McLeod, as much grief as everybody wanted to give him after last season, right before the bowl game, and then, you know, hey, you know, he's this, this linebacker, this, this can't do this, blah, 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 and then he decided to put his hand back in the ground. Like, I was a proponent of him all season going into it, knowing that he can literally do wonders. And I say wonders, but he can actually hold his own on the defensive tackle. I mean, defensive end. And you saw that. Like, obviously, he he did really well with the opportunity that he was given um, under first-year coach 
this season, Jeff Simpson. Um, but you're right. I think it takes some of the leadership in order to help mentor. Cause you know, we don't know. We looked at Chance Williams, and we saw what he could do. He had flashes when he was in the game. Now, was that because Zach was kind of influencing him and teaching him and mentoring him, right? I didn't see a lot from uh, DeAndre Stevens when he came from Tennessee. Like, you know, you saw flashes from Harvey, from Chance, but the defense really started to gel. And, and again, the tackling was one of the biggest issues, and you saw that with Cam. Like, if he doesn't make that tackle, who knows? Is the guy house it? You know, does the guy, you know, does he get a first down? Um, there's all those things that come into play. But you win the game. That's got to be a momentum and a confidence booster, right? And, and, you know, going into, again, you have another ranked team next week on the road in Pittsburgh. So you win that game and you're, you're riding high, right? Your momentum's high. You go to Pitt. And, and again, it's a shootout. Like, right off the rip, it's a shootout. And this is where I start to get excited because – you can see the flashes of what Miami offense is going to be going into 2022 and the rest of the season. Now, granted, you're not going to have a Rambo. You're not going to have a Harley going into 2022. But you saw Keyshawn balled out that game. Nice catches. You saw Elijah. Finally, Elijah gets in the end zone. Mallory played well. He's coming back. You know, so, you know, I think X had some catches. This is the type of, of opportunity and again, I think Tyler threw for 420, give or take. And, you know, again, another three touchdowns. This was the start of that streak of him just going and going and going with the 303 TDs, you know, in consecutive games. So talk to me, each one of you guys, about the uh, Pittsburgh game. Oh, man, that was uh, that was an impressive win, man. I mean, again, you know, you talk about a game kind of like the NC State game where you walk in and you didn't uh, – you didn't think it was going to happen, man. I mean, at least, you know, deep down, I'll always pick us to win, always, no matter what, man. But when you look at it, say, you know, you're coming up against the Heisman Trophy contending quarterback in their house. Um, you know, they had a lot of momentum riding high on them. I mean, they walked into that game uh, ranked number 13 uh, and uh, and had a 6-2 and two record at the time, man. So, you know, odds are stacked against you. But, again, you know, the young guys um, start to show out, right? I think uh, Tyler really started to feel his confidence coming into this game. You know, Knighton had 17 carries for 80 yards and two touches there. Um, you know, another big game for Rambo, um, you know, with seven and 101. And then also, you know, X had seven catches as well. And I think, you know, um, you talk about, you know, not having Rambo and Harley, um, you know, I think there's a lot of guys that are going to step up and fill those roles uh, as we go forward next year. You know, chief among them, um, you know, X jumping into that slot role, man. I think he's the perfect guy to, to jump into the slot and play there. So what do you think, Jay? Yeah. So correct me. So, you know, I, I don't have the, I'll be honest. I don't have the greatest memory of all. I mean, I remember this game is high powered. I mean, we won close game. There was a play, I believe this. Yeah. This is the game, right. Where, uh, Knighton runs it at the one yard line, uh, and, or he's in the end zone and he pushes through. So it wasn't a safety, right. Am I wrong on this one? Uh, um, uh, yeah, yeah. They yeah. thought they had to review it. But, they yeah, that it was so one half of, so let's set that one up. That was where James Williams had the interception. And when you look at the, the, the four, he had it at the four okay. and then they spotted the ball, like the one and a half. So right? can I tell you why it wasn't on TV, but let me clarify why that happened. He took his helmet off and it's half the distance to the goal. Okay. After the, no one really understood that after the uh -huh. interception, he took his helmet off. So they threw okay. a flag. So, so that's, again, that goes back to your immature penalties, yeah. which yeah. you did against Carolina, um, you know, again, so moving forward, that so anyway, Bird, that's kind of why we started. But again, why do you so, run that play? 
No, yeah. So I, I actually want to break that down, that one right there, because I think what everybody has to understand is big time quarterback play, right? It's not when you hit a wheel route to Mallory that's wide open, right? Some of our schemes that that Lashley has drawn up can help a quarterback, right? He puts him in a good position, right? So we get the interception. You're right. We're on the one yard line. We run a Jalen up the belly. A, he barely gets back. Thank God. I know you're going to say little man. Why is a little man running right up the belly on the one yard line? We got that. We got these. I got it. Right. So cool. Not a great play call. So now we're on the half inch yard line, right? It's second 11. Pittsburgh's going nuts. We're only up at this point. We're up, you know, five points in the game, which that's what we'll win by five points. They got momentum. We threw an interception. They were driving. That interception was a huge game changer. Yeah. They got Kenny Pickett at Heisman. And now we're second and 11 with everybody behind us, right? And the, the entire crowd. And so it, the camera, if you were there, you saw it. But if you were on the TV and you watched it, yeah, they you didn't it. even show the play. You couldn't even see it to the replay, right? The back shoulder it was, to Rambo? It was back shoulder to Rambo, 18 yards for a pickup on the right-hand side. Everybody's going to point to all of to, to Tyler's throws throughout the year. That throw to me, that won the game. That Correct. gave us distance. We ended yeah. up going, they call a timeout. Now they start burning the timeouts. We run for seven. They call a timeout. We run for one, right? Uh, and then they call a timeout and we complete a Will Mallory. This is the second one. So yeah, here's the interception down at the four gets up and then, yeah. And they went he to the review. He, he took us. Yeah. They, they went to the review yeah. and I think Durham, when he was still on the field, that's when he took his helmet off. Yeah. And then, and then here, I believe this is the you no know, Mallory play this is the fumble that went out of bounds and it was not a fumble but a fumble first down we had to pick that up that's why he was knocked out there by the way and that's the uh that was a six yard first down pickup uh, which will miller has done that at the end of the year had an amazing end of the year did some big catches over the middle florida state game had some big catches uh i thought that was there don't like him to get knocked out and drop the ball and almost lose the game there because that would have been a punt giving the ball back but that was it that was the game right there and so to me i left not only we beat pittsburgh who if you know ends up being the ACC champion, but we do it with a true freshman quarterback trusting them to throw an 18-yard back shoulder fade out of the end zone with almost a safety. Uh, I left going, we found a quarterback. Correct. What do they call it? Big time throws, right? When the ratings now, it's a new little stat. They call it big time throw. That is a big time throw. So well, we we, we know that he's got the arm strength. We know that he's got the stature, and, and I think that's what kind of separates him. And again, we don't know what could have been with the whole Jake Garcia TVD com- competition because Jake got hurt. Sometimes it takes an injury for somebody to step up and take command. But unfortunately, like, you know, we lost what could have been like a really good competition, but we, we never know. Right. And then you see how it plays out. So now you, you got back to back top 20 wins against NC state and against Pitt. You're coming back home for Georgia tech. And, and again, this game, it was back and forth, but literally Miami dominated this game from start to finish. They 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 literally just took control. If we don't if we don't try to get an extra yardage with Rambo and he fumbles, Elijah fumbles again, and we're on their thirty yard line. Who knows if we don't score on those? Right, the Jalen Knight like you know, Knight and pick six, you know that literally just popped right out of his arms. You know, and the defender took it back. So when when you look at that stuff. You saw how the offense just continued to progress, but you also saw the defense actually played really well. Again, they gave up the seven points, so the game was 33-30. But if you take away the, the touchdown, you know, it's it's 33-23, right? And again, on those on those fumbles that we had, 
even if we get six points, right? So now it's 39-23. It's, it's a blowout. You don't look at the game as being, oh, man, we only won by three points because technically Miami dominated that game. Um, I'm not necessarily too sure of the stats. Like the Georgia Tech stats, um, I think Miami had – 540, 550, maybe maybe on on total yardage, where Georgia Tech had like 330, 320. So again, I think the time of possession, uh, Miami controlled yeah. that. I, no, I think Georgia Tech controlled time of possession, but Miami scored so quickly that it didn't matter. Yeah. You had 563 for Miami to 329 for uh, for Georgia Tech. Time of possession, Georgia Tech 34, 13, left Miami with 2547. Okay, you, you know, and again, how many fumbles did we have? Three fumbles lost. Three. Back to back to back. Like, yeah. when does that ever happen? The rough second quarter. Well, man. hold on. Uh, I'm going to pause that. Remember that. And let's come back to that question right there. <laughs> For uh, the Florida there. State game. <laughs> yes. No, and I, I want to, I, I just, I want to do a preview, but we're staying here, but a preview. I know we're doing a review of, a, of the college of what's going to come next, but yeah. these are type of mistakes you have to learn from. It happens against an inferior yeah. Georgia Tech team. Okay. You got a young team. But what do you do between now and later on to ensure that ball control? This could again again. Remember, there was a, a uh, he kneeled the ball down, right? They're down. The, remember, they're down by three. That's a bad snap. DJ Ivan is burnt again. Uh, yep, he gets I'm burnt. Uh, actually, and, and Avante, Avante Avante had a you know cover two. Uh, we're on cover two. He comes out to the side. He's the one that does the hit, makes the catch. So I, I don't know the play call coverage. I just know as Avante and DJ over in the corner. They, that, that's a 20, 25 yard, 30 yard pickup, yeah. uh, you know? And so anyway, th- that game could have, we should have, we should have blown them out. I mean, turnovers. Yeah. Yes. Our offense went, go ahead. Dirty. No, no. I'm just agreeing with you, man. I'm yeah. Just with you. I was just going to say, I mean, he went, you know, like you said, 389, the percentage of completion, 22 of 34, like that's a great percentage. You got to know on these things though, man, like everybody was screaming for the young guys. Right. And it doesn't mean that the mistakes yeah. are acceptable. Right. But, you know, they're going to happen, man. You play you play young kids, you put them in there. You know, it's like like Andy missed the field goal in Virginia. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's just going to happen. You know, like you're, you're playing young guys, man. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to, you know, James Williams, man. We see the talent on him. But, you know, he had some bonehead penalties this year. And, you know, hopefully we go into the next year and he's learned from those. And he, and he, he you know, gets right upstairs with that stuff not to do those in a game. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but again, I'm left with Knight in 162. I mean, and that's 32 rushes. That's yeah, not yeah. – his longest was only 25. Usually Jalen's – you know, that was a game where you said Jalen – I mean, granted, we throw for 389. But Jalen comes back from a fumble – a fumble six, right? A scoop and yeah. score. And he comes back, and we trust him with 32 carries. Yeah. Remember at the beginning of this year – beginning of the season, Lashley said, I wanted one guy. I want the guy to get hot and get going. Well, this was the Lashley – Get going, get hot, and I'm going to ride you. 32 carries for a fast and physical offense, you know, spread. can't. That's a lot of carries in today's football game. And um, you're talking about a 165-pound running back. Yeah. I mean, we rode him, right? The, after this game, I think they said they put him in red jerseys during practice, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, so here we are. Here we are. We're, 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 sitting, we're sitting pretty. We're, we're sitting at – what's our record? We're five, we're five and four, four and four and five right now? Five and four. four. Five and four. Five and four. Going to Tallahassee, and again, all signs point to, okay, this is going to be a blowout. We're going to win, what is this, five in a row, blah, blah, blah. And, and let's, let's not beat a dead horse. We came out flat. We had three turnovers in the first quarter. We went down 17 nothing. 
And this is where one of those games where, again, I go back to the field goal situation with Andy, and I go back to this, this last drive. So here's my take. It's fourth and one. Your, your team came back. You were down 17-0. You came back and took the lead 28-20, right? They came down, got a field goal. They were up 28-23. You got four minutes to go in the game. You get down, and, and you run the same play. We just talked about the Mallory like first down against Pitt. It's the same play that you ran there, the same play that they ran for a touchdown, right? But you ran into the boundary side of the field where he doesn't have any room to really turn up field. So I, I blame that play call. But then again, you have fourth and one. I'm literally standing there. You go for this. Grab your sack. Like, But I didn't say sack to everybody around me. I say grab your sack. This is where coaches are made. Make this call. Go for it on fourth and one. So the reason why I say you go for it on fourth and one if you're going to punt it, okay, you're going to try to pin him. And if you don't pin him, you get him at the 25. Your defense is still on the field. So whether or not your defense is on the field from the 25 and they have to get a touchdown, or if they if you, they stop you on fourth and one, they still got to score a touchdown from the 40. Now, the same token is if you do allow them to score, now you probably have more time on the clock to go down and with your offense than them trying to drive the whole length of the field and using most of the clock, right? But what happens if you just make the first down? The game's over. Like, this is where I think Manny, in his inexperience as a head coach, in an inexperience of making big-time decisions, really played a key role. And we're going to talk about this once we get right back from break because I, I think this is the defining moment of Manny Diaz's coaching career at the University of Miami. So give us a few minutes. We'll be right back here on the Ken Gang Radio Show, Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Lowen. Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker Every What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio. Sirius XM, yeah. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man, if, look, if they pick up two nigga Manuel Apollo too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking. I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't. You I call know. him that. I call him Tunga Vailoa. Whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Nigga Manuelapola. Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Nigga Manuelapola. Tua. I can't do it. I'm done. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuelapola. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuelapola. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuelapola. Tunga Vailoa. That sounds much better that way. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. I'm Andrew Saul, Commissioner of Social Security. I'm here to warn you about telephone scammers pretending to be government employees. Some of these scammers may say threatening things like you will be arrested if you don't make payments or provide personal information. Do not fall for these tricks. These calls are not from us. Real Social Security employees will never threaten you for information or money. 
If you receive a call like this, hang up. Never give the caller your personal information, like your social security number or bank account, or send money in any form, cash, gift cards, wire transfers, or prepaid debit cards. Report the call to our law enforcement arm, the Office of the Inspector General at oig.ssa.gov. Share this information with your friends and family. Hola mi gente, ¿qué tal? Les saluda la diva, la potra, la caballota, la reina y mi cuyo. Un saludo a mi gente de Slam Radio. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. All right, we're back again trying to finish up the first hours in the past, moving on to the second hour and... Jason, let me ask you, did you agree with, with punting it on fourth and one, or were you with the notion of let's get the first down and end the game? All right. So I'm going to, I get what you're saying. And I, and I, I agree to some point, right? I don't, I don't think I was good with both decisions at this point. The, the reason going is you remember they had to bring both quarterbacks in at, at this point, Jordan Travis could not throw a pass, right? I mean, he was horrific. They had at first it was just running the zone and then doing RPO with with Travis running. We had figured that out. I felt in the second half that gave us a chance to come back from all those turnovers. There's a reason you come back from three turnovers, right? Um, because Jordan Travis was just that bad. So I thought the process was there's no way this guy is going to come back. The way we're playing the second half of this ball game, they can't even throw. Um, and so we're bringing pressure. We're doing all that kind of stuff. So I thought you were up eight. We've stopped them. They now are now we're up what um, five five right. You get the ball away. A field goal. They're gonna have to score. They haven't done that since without turnovers. Let's get them the ball. Let's trust our defense. We're bringing it. I thought at that point, okay, that's not a bad decision. Now there's later decisions where I think we showed extreme immaturity in a coaching decision, but that's my Monday morning quarter well, Sunday morning quarterbacking on that one, and I think we'll talk about that in a minute. So let me address this. So if you go back, and obviously we were there, we were all kind of in the front row watching this play out. When you watch the punt, phenomenal punt by Lou Henley, like literally pinned him. But at the same time, you had six guys that just stood around the defender instead of multiple guys going to the end zone line, stopping the ball. It's a big difference from downing it at the two-yard line compared to giving them the ball at the 25-yard line, right? So. And, and, and again, like I played ball growing up, right? And, and there's sometimes you just don't think about things. And I think I had this conversation with Bert. You got to know, fo- you got to have football IQ, right? At the end of the day, they get the ball on the 25 yard line. And, and again, our, our, our youngins are, are, they're playing, they're, they're balling, they're doing the best that they can do. But their first play that they come out with Florida State on that last drive, they, they split Douglas out on, on, in, into the slot. And they send him on a go, right? When you're beat, you, this is where I say you have to know football IQ. When you're beat, I don't care if you grab the guy, you tackle the guy. In college football, it's only a 15-yard penalty. You don't give up a 60-yard bomb, right? This is where, again, I don't know if this is instilled in the kids today or not knowing, hey, T-Rob, Diaz, DVD guys, first of all, why are we playing press coverage 
like with a minute and a half left or whatever the time was, two and a half minutes left with no safety help. Well, like, yeah. So real quick on that play, Bert, uh, they wheeled out. out. Yeah, they wheeled, they wheeled out the, uh, I'll talk it through as it goes, but they, it, it was they Douglas, brought, right? They brought out, yeah, they brought out the running back. Cam Kinches is on him in the slot. Correct. Okay. And so Cam, and I will just say Cam is, you know, Jojo is one of our smartest. He has been renowned to being one of the smartest freshmen that we've seen on campus in a long time. Right. So he had seasoned at this point, he had been playing since the beginning of the season. Right. Um, I, I, I think uh, really what it is, is he was close enough and that was now close enough. Got to make a play, got to tackle him. I'm with everything you said, right. That is a bang, bang decision. Now, Zoning, why do we have the safety come down and there's not a safety over top? What were we I don't I don't remember the play enough to to call the coverage and were we doing a blitz? Did we bring five? Did we bring six? But I will say, you know, we watched it, right? We had a, a horrible angle to watch this ball. It was the best pass of he threw all game. Jo- jo- all game, right? And might have been the best pass all season. Yeah. <laughs> and and that, yeah, here we go. Yeah. So right now they're bringing four. There's a standard four, three looks like two over the top. There's, or there's probably two receivers down here. Uh, no. Yeah. So go ahead. And I think you're going to see, yeah, he came out. So this is a receiver in the slot to the top. It's going to be to the top. It's a man to man coverage. He does a slight out and straight up. It's over the top. There comes Avante. It's a one single high, probably a four. Um, I think we even got a penalty. Did we get a penalty on the, no, no we didn't get a penalty. No. So but see, once cam got beat there, right. Yeah. Once he, once he was beat, that's where I go back to say, so, so Bird, play that again. So right around the 30-yard line, I, I think, is when, when he was beat. And Which, at that the way, point, that, uh, that run right there was ridiculous. Oh, my God. Yeah, but sorry. He came right in the end zone for us. Yeah, if you right watch there. this, right around the 30-yard, he's beat right there, right? A 40-yard line. He gets he, caught just turning his head and looking and watching. Yeah, it's, it's one of those bang-bangs, right? He's there. I, I will say, you know, you know there is that – when he when he turns his head, if they pause it right when he turns his head, I know we're breaking down one play and boom, he's there. Now he turns and he, and he stops running. As he turns his head, he stops running on the angle. The ball placement is dropped in there. I mean, they're both looking up. We've seen passes at this way. Now, that, is that good coverage? No, the guy caught it. I mean, yeah. I, I you know, you do, could yeah. you tackle them there? Should you trip him up? Well, yeah, I, could, I, I mean, my point. thing is you're, you're, two, you're two yards behind the defender already on that play. Yeah. yeah, you know your you, you should know your toast at that point. Like you see yeah. that ball coming, and no matter what, like yeah. you know, just I mean, just reach and grab his legs and ma- do everything you can to stop him from making that that catch, yeah. right? Yeah, because I mean, when he catches it, you're, 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 yeah, he's after not he even, caught it, I think it's three or four yeah. yards. You know, like yeah, no, so, like ten, yeah, yeah. So that's where I fault again. I go back to Manny. Like, why are you calling? This is your defense. Like you're the DC. You called that coverage. But having said all that. They get all the way down the field, and you have a fourth and fourteen. Bird, can you pull, can you pull that up when you get a chance? No. Like what, this what, is a, what? Why are you doing this to us? I'm just saying because look, there's a couple things. <laughs> a coach can only get blamed for so much. If you yeah. watch this play, it's a cover two, okay. And this is where I feel like the, like Manny Diaz got the the short end of the stick. Uh, go back a little bit further. I, I want to see if I can see the coverage on this. Um, it's a different angle. So we're going to talk about to, we're going to talk about to Corey Couch on this because. We look at the hash marks, right? We see the hash marks. Stop right there. So you see the hash marks, right? The top hash and then the bottom hash. Yeah. Those are the train tracks. On the cover two, like DJ Ivy has a flat. Takori has the train tracks, right? Then you have two over the top. What happens is if you watch the play from a different angle, 
The guy, yeah. they ran, they literally had three guys to the right. The inside guy went like a five-yard slant. That took out the safety. I think, um, I'm not sure if Cam, not, yeah, I think Cam picked him up. And then uh, Avante. Avante. Avante, yeah, Avante picked him up. So the second guy, he did another slant, which somebody picked, maybe uh, Cam picked him up. Well, then the third, the third guy, Parchment, which was DJ Ivy's guy, he did another slant, and he got right behind Takori. If Takori would have just drifted straight back on his on his train track, that's a pick six going the other way. But if you yeah, if you if you play it, yeah, Takori yeah, drifts like five yards away from his assignment. The other thing before I hit play is is it's you a know, spy. I'm okay Keontre. with a spy, but I'm okay with that spy. You're, when you're in a fourth and fourteen situation. You're either you're either sending him to pressure, or but, you're dropping him back in coverage. But don't 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 get twisted because you look at Amari sitting up there in the twenty. They got two spies. Well, one okay. Well, real quick, as we get to that part, just the one's a spy, one's on the running back. Now the rule is the running back is in the black pass protection. You come in, yeah. right? So at that point, one of them needs to make a decision because you're right. They had too much time back there. It, it, you know, fifteen yard. I think this was a twenty yard play. That's a lot of time on a fourth and 14. You, you got to get that kid flustered. He just made a big play to get down there. Burr, back up just a hair to the snap of the ball. And I think we had talked about this earlier. Um, if you watch this play, right? Right here, stop, stop. So DeAndre yeah, they're, Stevens. They're only, it, they're only bringing three, bro. Correct. So watch this, Jay. DeAndre Stevens, why are you pushing up 10 yards past the quarterback? Like you should at least cut inside. You gave him a clear path throwing window. Straight down. There's no obstruction from Jordan Travis throwing this ball down the field. I I, I know we can go. So you talk about coaching. Dead horse. <laughs> yeah, you can know, but you could talk about coaching. So I think your point here, uh, Derek, is hey, you know, if the guy drops back, knowing the assignment, I, look, Manny broke this down on his show, right? Oh, after. did he? I don't watch. I don't watch any of his shows. Yeah. So there's some really good breakdowns there, good and bad, right? And he broke this down in in, in, in his show, and he shows a better angle of exactly what you're talking about. Okay. Uh, Dirty. You, you, you had something on it. I didn't want to. No, no, no. You're good. Keep going. No. So you know the the, the you know did, did should he gone down on his track and drop back? Absolutely. I think you talked to anybody. I think you talked to you know Couch. Like, hey, I wish I would have flowed back a little bit more. I wish I would have read my my cues right. Um, but at the same time, why are we you know why are we bringing three on a on a third and fourteen? Like, sure. I'm not saying bring the house, but four. Right. We've gotten trouble for bringing zero coverage at UNC and leaving people on the island. But you got to bring four. You can't give a running quarterback mobile time out of the pocket that can run around back there. He didn't on this play, but that was absolutely, you know, a chance to run around and do that kind of thing. So anyway, we lose game, that man. we lose that game. So there, there's two there's two plays that I think cost Manny Diaz his job. A field goal and a fourth and fourteen. And again, you know, moving forward after after the Florida State game, you know, again, you go, you hand you hand Virginia Tech just a butt whooping. Like you literally, you know, you beat them, you know, and then the Duke game. Like you're literally, if you beat Florida State, you're going on what, a six-game winning streak at that point? Like moving yeah. forward, you're going into a bowl game. Like it's it's a whole different dynamic going on a six-game winning streak than being five and one. Well, you're probably you know? in the ACC championship game too. I, you, potentially, right? Because well, again, you still have. Right? But if you beat Carolina, like we we always say hypotheticals, right? Like yeah. you beat Virginia, you beat Carolina, you beat Florida State. Those are your three losses by what seven points? Yeah, but I mean, if, imagine you hit the field goal right in Virginia, and all of a sudden, you know, well, you're, Pittsburgh you're still only had one loss, so Pittsburgh would have had to lose at least another one. And we're well, the we only would, team we would have two, and we had the head to head against them. 
Well, we lost mm-hmm. to Florida State and we lost to UNC, so we still would have had two losses. Well, right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, game, yeah, I thought you were yeah. talking about both. Yeah, both those yeah. two movements. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, uh, one thing is Manny said, and I, I hate this as apropos now, is like he said, you know, on my grave will we'll be the fourth and 14. Like okay, that's what but, he said. But before doing that, how about your grave should have been fourth and 17? Let's not repeat what happened in North Carolina a couple I years ago. I, I mean, you, you, well, you need can to blame learn that. from you mistakes. Can blame that I, yeah, you, I, that's what Blake we talked Baker? about before, right? Three <laughs> turnovers at the beginning of the game. We Correct. talk about the turnovers. Seventeen Harley nothing. has a turnover, right? <laughs> Harley has a turnover. We, we have a bad turnover of the pass, probably the worst one, you know, we've thrown that got picked. Yeah. And for me, real quick, I know we're going to move past this game, but it, for me, real quick, every, the play call and everything like that, I was going bonkers. Why you don't give up? And I talked about this today to somebody else. Still, it bothers me. Why you didn't give up the touchdown on the half-inch line and give your quarterback 100%. 30, 40 more seconds. He was playing lights out. We just went down and scored. Our playmakers were making plays. And if you notice the play as we came the other way, we got close enough to get 20 yards away from a field goal, yeah. right, to make a play. And and the, after the game, they said, hey, but I don't know if you said Wake Forest, Clemson, or somebody had fumbled the ball on the half-inch yard line. And so they weren't he, – he's like, I don't know anybody that would give up a touchdown at the half-inch yard. Uh, it happened in the Penn State-Indiana game, yeah. right? And they they crucified Penn State for that because Indiana let them score. They came back and won the game. Correct. I don't I don't know what we're and I'm not I'm not a you know me I'm a huge Manny fan. I don't like to second guess anybody. That is a horrible coaching decision. It, the percentages if you're talking about analytics and percentages, you're very low. You have no timeouts. Get the ball back and let's do something. And so I was left with the worst taste on that last play. Let's give our players a chance to win the game, not you know, beg and pray to God that somebody falls, you know, fumbles on the half inch line. So I've always been a proponent of it's that close and your times again, let them score because you need to have the ball back. And you look at the timeouts, you know, I think he let 12 seconds run off before he called one of his timeouts. Like, and, and again, no disrespect to, to Manny Diaz, but, but I've yeah. said this to bird and I said it to a couple other people. Like we really have a G five coaching staff at a power five conference. Like that's, you don't get your first head coaching gut job at the University of Miami. Are you talking head coach or are you talking yes, no, coaches? Coach. Okay, because I was like, okay, yeah. I, I mean, the I don't. The staff as a whole, too. The staff as a whole. Nate, yeah. Besides T. Rob, let, let's say besides T. Rob, who else would be qualified to go out and, and and coach at a big time Power Five school? Well, okay, we already know Lashley, so let's take Lashley. Let's because take T. Rob. He's an OC, but. Oh, you know. position coach. Okay. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, well, uh, Garen's back, you know, what Ben William Garen's coached in the, in the, in the power five. So, I mean, he's over the UNLV, it, he's at Arizona. You, do, would you look at him as a Clemson, Ohio state? Okay. So Alabama, big time. Georgia? Okay. That, that's what I'm getting at. Sorry. I, I don't want to, you know, I, I guess this is part of the conversation, right? It's yeah. like, Hey, money's no object, right? Are, are we replacing them? And we, the answer will be this. You want the answer? It won't be what you think. And I think. It's going to be what Mario thinks and because he's got an open checkbook. And so when you see players stay on the staff, right, it's not because we couldn't financially get something better. It's going to be because they think they're big time coaches, big time recruiters. So that'll answer to me. That's going to answer the question. If, if those people are on staff, go ahead. No, I was going to say, you know, like with this, right. I think you, I think you kind of, we kind of are coming to the, the, the head of what's happened in the season and why we led to a change. Right. 
in some of these clutch situations, right, and not calling anyone or anything out, but, you know, no, for a fact, there was a lot of questioning of the coaches and, you know, specifically in the Virginia game, how they played that, right? And, you know, there, there was some heated moments after the game between some people and whatnot, right? So, you know, for you to win and especially win close games – Everybody has to be on the same page and everybody has to have full confidence in whoever's making those decisions to go for that. Right. And, you know, I feel as an opinion that, you know, there was probably a lot of, you know, wavering in between or, you know, people in different corners of whether they felt that they were all on the same page. Absolutely. No, I don't debate that. Nicole, would you agree with that or? Yeah. I mean, as much as you, as much as I wanted to see the staff succeed, I think there was just some shortcomings. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, I hold the University of Miami, and we have thirty seconds, if I'm not mistaken. Bird, one, you know, we have like thirty seconds. Yep, thirty. I hold the University of Miami to a higher standard. I, I don't feel like you should just be giving a a job at the University of Miami until you've kind of like ran through the mud, like, yep. and you've been there, you've earned your stripes. And this is no this is no knocking anybody, but at the same time, I, I feel like we, we did a quick hires and we didn't do due diligence. So, but we'll be right back on the King Gang Radio Show. Let's finish up this topic and uh, we'll see you guys shortly. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. But you I'm see what's a bad idea to do that? I didn't bro, cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing you're going to be home today so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. Oh, and then you give me that puppy look back. You get that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Good thing nobody can see crying tonight. I'm fine. Stay home, privacy of your own home, watch it on Zoom. <laughs> you, know, you can be a Richard Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, 
and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really get motivated when people tell me it'll never happen. That, that to me is what makes me get up in the morning and go, what's next? I love people to tell me no. I love people to tell me don't, it won't, impossible. And uh, the word can't is the word can. And the word don't is the word do. And the word won't is the word one. And in the word impossible, it's possible. What do you tell them? You tell them, you know, you know that, that all they can do is learn stronger because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction see if you're always winning then you don't really understand what it is to win you, you got to take those losses you got to take those hits there's got to be the valleys the peaks the ups the downs in order for you to when it does happen you go wow you know this is what it's all about on behalf of all of us here at slam radio we would like to thank you pitbull for making this dream become a reality Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 294.9, iHeart Latino. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. Now you can say something, Jason. <laughs> yeah. Well, right hey, before we went to break, Jason wanted uh, to say something. We had to cut yeah, him out. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just so you, just so you know, I'm uh, always mute the the new guy. Uh, That's right. Yeah. Bird. I saw that right after. Yeah, I should have paused like Bird on our old one, right? Just froze like I froze. Oh, that's right. You were on that one. I was. Oh, that, that, was, one. that, that was, was classic. One. That was, that was so classic. Can we? Can we? Can I own that to the uh, to the yeah, listeners yeah. now? I know we're yeah, completely unscripted here. So, listen, we had a we had a show back. Uh, I don't know halfway through the season where we had a roundtable of probably seven or eight people on there, and we were kind of going around. And honestly, I was multitasking, and uh, I have ADD, right? And whatever was asked of me, I had no idea what 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 somebody had just asked. So my only reaction was the freeze right in here. You know, obviously we're on the video here and I mean, I froze solid and then I just kind of took my mouse and I, you know, went and ended the room. Well, funnily enough, the fan was going in my room. So here I am <laughs> trying to make it look like my video froze and the fans still spinning in the room. And I'm like, Oh man. So we all, we all had a laugh about it at the end, but uh, listen, you can own that, right? So he's going to own that. He also can own, you know, dropping the beer up in Atlanta. Wow, at, at... You're like my wife, man. You don't forget anything, man. <laughs> so Jay, so here's, we're yeah. all hanging out. We're at that, wherever we're at the, uh, I don't even know the name of the thing, the saloon or whatever, yeah. Buckhead Saloon. Yeah. So, yeah. so Bird comes back from the bar. We're all hanging outdoors. And next thing you know, he just drops a beer. 
Kapoosh! You, you sure? Everywhere. You sure Lamar? You sure Lamar didn't knock him over? Because no, 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 no. We, we were good. outside. No, we outside. were outside. Okay. Outside. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, yeah. I was trying to help you out, Birdie. So I got to give Bird the business. So. Oh, good. You, you know, but but here's the thing, right? Like going back to to my topic is, I feel like with Mario now, because now we can kind of get into we finish a season at seven five. You know, we you know we we look like we know what we're doing moving forward, and, and I feel bad for Manny because I think Manny was on the right track as far as building momentum. You know, again, even at seven and five, we could be easily nine and three or even ten and two, and I think that's fair to say. But they, there needed to be change, you know. And, and Miami decided to say, "Hey, look, you know, we have the money. Let's finally go out and open up our pocketbook and let's go hire somebody who." You know, again, who's done it at – he played at Miami. He coached at Miami, head coach at FIU, came back to Miami for three weeks, went to Alabama, spent time under the under the GOAT, and then went to Oregon. And he's done pretty well out in Oregon. His roots are here in South Florida. His home is here in South Florida. I think – and I, I think Manny really wanted to succeed here at the University of Miami – I just don't think he was that that coach that can get us there. And this is where I say sometimes you got to like run through the mud in order to get where you wanted to go. Like maybe you should have stayed at Temple. Like Bird and I had this conversation. We talk about Blake James, and unfortunately Blake James was let go because of two plays, right? I think if those two plays don't happen, I think Blake James is still the AD here at the University of Miami. I still think Manny Diaz is the head coach here at the University of Miami. But having said that, like I told Bird when – when Coach Rick decided to step down and retire, yeah, Blake went and asked, you know, Manny to come. Manny could have said no. Manny could have said, you know what? I was there. I left. I want to take on this gig at, at Temple. And that would have forced Blake to probably go out there and do, you know, some research and try to find a good coach. We you don't know. Mario then. It's, it should have, could have, would have, right? It's, it's, we, we all know that. You finally get Mario to come home. Obviously, it cost you a lot of money but you already see the dividends that it's paying. So Jason, you're a huge high, you know, recruiting guru. Before you go into the recruiting. Yeah. I have a question for you too. And I know I'm not the question guy in this panel, but I actually am curious of your thoughts when, but they're just opinions or when your opinion, when did you think, whether it be this season, last season, whether it be right before Mario, when did you know or believe that Manny could not come back? Right. Was it after Florida state? Was it last year? When did you think that, okay, a change has to be made? I'll, I'll, I'll leave it over to you. Go ahead first, Bert, because I already know my answer. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, I think probably after that North Carolina game, um, you know, when you see the pictures of him, you know, being kind of somewhat defeated, right? So, the, no, not, not the North Carolina 62 game, right? Like, that okay. was, you know, yeah. that, I mean, that was, that, that was awful. It was embarrassing. That's, you know, that's part of what led to, to it, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, you talk about the point of no return, and I think it was, I think it was there because, you know, um, you know, you're a couple of weeks removed from being called out on college game day. Um, you know, that soundbite that we've heard a you know million times from Kirk Herbstreet. Um, you know, I think Julio Frank took that personal, right? And, uh, you know, because the school was, was was called out on all levels there. And, you know, that's when he put uh, Joe Vecchia or Joe Vicaria and, uh, and Rudy Fernandez kind of in there and says, hey, get in there and see what's going on, right? And, you know, granted, those were, those were two, uh, you know, two really close games, right? The Virginia game, the UNC game. But, 
you know, the, the way Manny felt after that game, you know, seeing that picture of him standing down there and in, in, yeah. in Chapel Hill at the end, looking at the field. I mean, you kind of knew then, like, you know, man, it's almost, you know, and, and really the fan base is, is turned on you at this point. Right. So it's almost like there's really no way back from that. Right. Unless you go in and you blow, blow everybody out and you, you know, you, you coast into a bowl game and whatnot. And really, you know, honestly, when this, and especially knowing this now, the way that this unfolded, you know, you know, if Morio says no to you, right. I mean, that's maybe that's probably the only way you're getting back, but I don't know, man. That's, that's really the point I say though. Is, is North so Carolina. North Carolina. Yeah. I definitely remember the look Bert. I mean, uh, there, what do you, what about you? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a proponent that you should always get your full four recruiting cycles because I feel like, those freshmen that you brought in under your watch are now going to be seniors, you know, so on and so forth. He went six and seven. Again, bad losses to FIU, Duke, and La Tech. You come back to fall, but again, you come back the following season and you go eight and two in your COVID year. Yeah. You got blown out by Carolina. You got blown out by Clemson. You play Georgia tech at the end of the year. I think you're sitting at nine and nine and two going to a bowl game. If Mark Pope and, and I say this, and I don't mind saying names, if Mark Pope and D. Wiggins make one of those catches, you beat Oak State. I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying. So you're sitting at ten and two. I'm just, I'm again, I'm just playing hypotheticals, right? Because when King got hurt, I think Cozy came in there and just, and he just, he lit it up, back. right? So regardless, if if you're ten and two or 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 nine and nine and nine and two, however you want to play it out, um, and you come in this year. I don't know necessarily if anybody thought you were beating Alabama. I think people thought, hey, you'd beat App State. Michigan State's probably a 50-50. Your ACC schedule, you know, maybe you go 80% on that. If he beats FSU, he's, again, like I already said, he's on a seven-game winning streak. How do you fire somebody like that? Yeah, so when did you know he was gone? Florida State? You left Florida State saying he's gone, he can't come back? I I did. I, I think he still had another year. Because okay, so, again, I saw progress. Yeah. So for me, not that you know, I think anybody asked, but I'll just say because I think it's a, <laughs> well, I think, yeah, no, because I think it's I think, important. Yeah. So in the, I'll I'll say real real quick in the Air Force, we talk about uh, just even any service. We talk about when did you become a soldier? When did you become an airman? Right. And many times people look at when you actually came through boot camp or training. Right. And that's not really when you became it. It's actually when you felt it personally. Right. And now you say this is when I became an airman. Became it. So the same part is when did I know that Manny could come back? Because I I'm like you, you know, Derek. I, I thought he could come back, the the whole the whole time, right? Uh, really to the very end. When I knew he couldn't come back, with two parts. One reportedly, right? I mean, I'm not, you know, it's what's been out there for one. Um, when the this thing went on very long, a week, you know, when we had to wait for the Pac-12 championship, we had to wait the week for him to make a decision. We had to wait for this. There was no way that we could have gone back and put him back. If Mario says no, let me just tell no. you. The further we a, down. Mark, hey, put a mark in this. Take this. Put this somewhere and say, when they start getting mad at Mario for losing a game they felt they should win, right? Everybody needs to remember he did you a favor because not only everything he left and all that kind of stuff, but if we go back to Manny, right? They, the university, which I think they did a great, I think the decision was 
valid, right? I would have liked them to come back. But when they made the choice to go big or go home, they left themselves no out. And the entire, could you imagine 2022 with Manny Diaz and the fan base? One loss and they would kill him, right? I just don't oh, yeah. see. Our recruiting was in shambles. Granted, they got Wesley. They've held on to some good people. I think that's a lot to do with the great, we'll talk about recruiting in a minute. I think that's a lot to do with the great staff we have. Uh, they are an amazing recruiters. I don't think Manny was the decision for Wesley obviously coming because, you know, but for me, when that happened, number two, real quick, is the financial backing. I had a conversation with one of the parents about this when, you know, we're talking about replacing Manny or not replacing Manny. And, and we both, you know, didn't want to replace Manny. Um, however, the point that I made was it's not about Mario versus Manny. Though That's not the scales that we're talking about. We're talking about Manny had this budget, right? And Mario has this budget, right? They're way off. So, you know, Mario's got all of this budget and coaching experience. Manny didn't have that. So it's very fair to compare apples and apples here. So for me, that was the decision is when this went on and we knew we couldn't go back. You're right, because do I felt do I feel like the University of Miami handled things a little classless? A little bit, right? Because at the end of the day, Manny's still a person. He still has a family. His coaches, they have families. They have parents. They have wives, whatever the case may be. Anytime you bring in a new coach, chances are the existing staff is probably going to be gone. So when you're out there with the unknown, like let's go back to LSU and Ed Ogeron. They literally called it early and said, you know what? He's not coming back. USC too. Yeah, at least everybody when they got rid of Clay Helton, right? They at least everybody they knew what was going to happen. Like coaches can go out there and start making phone calls. Hey, look, chances are in two weeks I won't be here. You know, what's your status? What's your openings? Do you have any coaches moving? You know, moving to a different location. Like that's where I feel like there was some just like some some genuine injustice done to the human beings that were part of your organization, and, and I didn't really like that. You know, not that it matters. Like no one really cares what Derek Co thinks. But as a person, I feel like there's got to be some type of humanity because those guys are out there still showing up to work, going out recruiting, making phone calls, talking to each other with the uncertainty and of unknowing potentially what could be happening. You know, yeah. you know, I was going to say shout out to, to Garen Justice as well. I mean, you know, they say that that he went and he he basically set up the team, set up the entire O-line to meet with Alex Maribal, right? Like, you know, he didn't have to do that, right? And and kind of hand things over in the right way, right? So I do have a, a ton of respect just for for that entire staff, really for the way Manny uh, handled it, right? And the way he he exited it. And look, he, you know, he worked, he worked up until the last minute of it, right? And look, I, you know, I think Manny's a smart guy, right? Because I think he understands a lot of the, um, you know, a lot of the back end and a lot of the motivational factors and whatnot, right? And I, I believe Manny's going to end up being a good coach when he gets – you know, when he gets a little more of the X's and O's stuff down, um, like you said, it's why you go to another school. It's why you go to a temple. You learn, you know, you learn how to win those games. Right. <clears throat> and, you know, once he gets that, like I said, man, I mean, who, who's to say this guy's not going to end up at an, as, at an assistant at Alabama and learn from Nick Saban for two years and come out and be amazing. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. No, it's very good. So, so here's the thing. Do I feel bad for coaches when they get fired? It's hard to me to feel bad because it's it's the business. They they know what they're getting themselves involved in. I had an opportunity to talk to somebody who is no longer at the program today, and uh, 
had a, had a nice nice conversation with this gentleman, and, and I respect I respect him to the fullest. Um, again, this individual has a family, he has kids, and you know sometimes I just feel like, I, from the personal perspective, it bothers me. You know, just like you know employees that I work with or whatever when they get laid off, and you know, like I feel bad, you know, because again, especially for holiday time, you know, things like that. It's it's one of those things that just that kind of burdens me. Do I think do I think Blake James and Manny Diaz end up on their feet again somewhere? Absolutely. You know, um, you know, Garen Justice, I think, is going to go out to SMU and, and be the old line coach out there. Um, you know, my biggest thing is, and we're going to get into it in about two minutes uh, once we get back from, from our other break, is what happens with our – I don't even care about our staff because, like, the, the on-coaching staff. You know, obviously, we already know that Eric, uh, Alex Maribel's come in. Juicy's come in. I can't wait to see Juicy, bro. That that boy, Aaron Fields is something different, right? <laughs> Bird, you're on mute, so you can, you know, there you go. Yeah, I know. I just I just yelled Flex Friday. Oh, you know, Flex Friday. On mute. You know, but again, like I, I I have a relationship with uh, Coach David Feely. You know, I but these are you know these are gentlemen that you know like I respect. But what happens to your recruiting people, like the the, the David Cooney's and the Mike Rumps, and you know potentially even like DVD who are very good at what they do with the local communities down there in Miami. They've built relationships with those guys. And I think, I think Mario's name holds weight. Would we agree with that? Like Mario Cristobal in Miami holds weight, right? You know, again, you know, again, you saw yesterday where, you know, he left his presser in his suit and tie and went straight to central, right? To, to me, that that's ballsy. Like, you know what? I don't have no time to wait. I'm going to go see some of these guys. Today, he's meeting with Shamar Stewart. Like, you know, those type of things. You know, and we got, I think, Bird, we got about a minute left. Um, yeah. You know, we'll talk about the recruiting because I think, you know, again, you look at, I think we're at 55 right now in the country. You know, obviously, you look at Florida now. Florida just lost a bunch of decommitments, right? Isaiah Bond, their quarterback, they just dropped behind us. Like, I think Mario in his name alone coming back to Miami, it, it's going to take time. Cause again, next year we go to A&M, we go to Clemson, we have Vatek on the road. You know, are we going to be prepared and are we going to be able to compete with those teams? I think we will be prepared. I think Mario will have this team prepared. I think Mario will have this team disciplined compared to what they have been. And if the guys don't want to be prepared and they don't want to be discipled per se, then they can pound sand and kick rocks because Mario's not going to play that. We'll be right back here on the King Gang Radio Show. we got the last segment coming up. Peace! Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. 
Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. But you I'm see why it's a bad idea to do that? I didn't Bro, cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing you're going to be home today so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. And then you oh, give me that puppy look. Back. You get that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Give good a thing little nobody can see crying tonight. I'm fine. Stay home, privacy of your own home, watch it on Zoom. <laughs> you can be a Richard sometime. <laughs> Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Kane Gang. On Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really get motivated when people tell me it'll never happen. That, that to me is what makes me get up in the morning and go, what's next? I love people to tell me no. I love people to tell me don't, it won't. All of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 2949, iHeart Latino. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. segment bird i'm gonna turn it over to you i know i know you you've been itching to say some stuff so let me, let me let you let me give you the mic let me give you the mic 
Listen, first and foremost, man, I'm, I'm appreciative of, of John Ruiz and, and, and the Ruiz family and, and everything that they're doing and all these boosters, right? This new level of, you know, billionaires that's coming in and kind of cutting out some of the millionaires, right? Um, you know, Marcus Limonis, uh, you know, Jose and Jorge Moss, right? You know, but this stadium thing, right? Like, to me, <laughs> like, listen, man, you know, they play the Super Bowl at Hard Rock Stadium, right? And you know, I get it. It's far from campus, but listen, it's not like building a stadium closer to the campus is going to bring more of the students out, man. Miami just doesn't have a lot of students, number one in volume, but number two, they really care about football, man. These are a lot of kids that are, you know, I mean, they're, 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 you know, doctor students and, you know, all kinds of other things that they just could care less about, about sports. Right. And that's the thing we're always going to, that we're always going to have. When you look at hard rock, right it's really positioned well for the fan base. I mean, you know, I myself come from Port St. Lucie in the treasure coast, which is about an hour and 40 minute drive. You know, Derek comes from, you know, Northern Fort Lauderdale or Northern Broward County to, to come on down. Right. So the accessibility from the treasure coast, the Palm beaches, Broward County, um, and then really for all of Dade County to get there, the further you pin that thing down in Dade County, the harder it is to get there. And look, I'll, 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 you know, I'll go as far as I have to, to watch games. Right. But not everybody, has that same level of dedication, man. So, you know, to me, right, I think you you go with Hard Rock. I think, you know, I think Hard Rock needs to stop treating our games like NFL games and just in the in the way that they they do things and the, you know, the ushers coming around and telling people to to sit down and, you know, things like that. Like, you know, we need to get that stuff under control there and make it a true college atmosphere. But you talk about a beautiful building that when a team's winning and has a lot of energy in, I mean, that place is electric, man. So, you know, and here's the other thing with any of these solutions, right? Miami fans, what's one thing that almost all of them love to do. They love to tailgate and yeah. all these situations that have, that are out there, you know, even, even the, the dream of going back on the hollowed grounds of the orange bowl, you know, it's, it's parking decks there now. And those people that live there are now are not going to give you no $20, no blocky. Right. I don't know. I mean, Co, you've been going to games for years, man. So I want to get your opinion on that whole stadium thing. So, obviously, growing up at the OB, it was just it was something sacred, right? Like, again, you were eight miles from campus, give or take. You know, at the OB, like it's a lot. I mean, obviously, you want your student body there. If you go to any college football town, what makes the environment? It's the student section. Student. Like next year, we're going to be going to College Station. What is it about? It's the student section, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you go to Gainesville, it's the student section. You go to Tallahassee, it's the student section. You go to Central Florida, it's the student section. And this is where I think Miami gets crippled because, again, you're 45 minutes away from campus. You know, you're bu- you're trying to bus kids all the way up there. Now, granted, like, we don't have that big of a fan base and alumni base that are local around, you know, the Hard Rock area, Dade Broward, Palm Beach County, that go to all the games. Obviously, we have diehards that are going to go because that's what we do, right? But, like, having your student body being part of your, you know, atmosphere, I think is pretty prevalent. Now, there is opportunities, and, and there are areas. Like, I'm not saying you, you tear down Coral Gables High School and you put it right in the middle of, you know, Coral Gables over by Miracle Mile. Like, that makes no sense to me. That will never Correct. happen. So, Tropical Park, obviously, it's – four miles down from campus it's plenty big enough and, and you ever see cincinnati's field you ever you, you ever seen like i've been there i was there in 2015 it's a 40,000 seat stadium 
That's all you need for the University of Miami, unfortunately. Because at the end of the day, if you need to have a bigger game, if you have a Florida State or a Notre Dame, or then you go to the Hard Rock and say, hey, we're going to need this facility on this night. How, how can we make that work? And again, you still have a 12-year lease, if I'm not mistaken, until 20, 2033. Oh so another 12-year lease at the Hard Rock. Well, now is the time to start game planning for that because it's going to take you three years or so to build a stadium. you know. And, and if you have backers that want to help this, the Marcus Lamonises and the John Ruizes and, and so on and so forth, let them spend their money. I'm all about it, right? If it's not going to cost the city anything, and you know how these politicians are, you know, how am I getting get my pocket fatter? But to me, I think if you can build something, and I say this genuinely, if you can build something at the right location with the right amount of seats, I think that makes a world of difference knowing you have a home field stadium, right? Well, the big thing that might impact it as well and especially because, you know, Jorge Moss is an owner on Miami FC, right? If, if something gets built. Definitely, definitely you do that. Because at the end of the day, yeah. why wouldn't you do that? Right? Yeah, why wouldn't you have – because, listen, you're, you're, you're painting lines for a soccer field. Right? 100%. So, but that, to me, Tropical Park doesn't get used. That whole park does not get used. I don't yeah. think you can go to Traz, right? I, I don't think that you yeah. have enough room at Traz. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, you know, you see the reports now that Alonzo Highsmith, DJ Williams, other people are part of this quote-unquote Jimmy stadium. Johnson. Jimmy Johnson are part of the stadium campaign, things like that. So we'll wait to see what happens. So, you know, we got about 11 minutes to go in the show uh, to end this to end this uh, show here at the uh, King Gang Radio Show on SiriusXM, Slam Radio Channel 145. Um, let's get into some nitty-gritty stuff. Jay, so Mario comes in and completely, you see people, number one, decommit from, from Oregon. You see people decommit from Miami, like, you know, just a midlock, you know, like, but you see people now decommitting from Florida. What is this? What does Mario here do as far? And I'm going to give you a couple of names. Obviously, you already know about Wesley. Now, we know that there were some issues with Manny and with T. Lou. Like, does T. Lou now step into the equation? Does Nigel Lee Kelly step into the equation? Does Shamar Stewart, does the Earl Little, does what's that five-star receiver bird out of uh, Missouri? That would be Kevin Coleman. Kevin Coleman, uh, the guy. What's the, the Banks kid from Texas? Like, how does Kelman. this Kevin? Right? How does this affect recruiting? Yeah. So the the great thing is, you know, um, if you listen to Andrew Ivins immediately after he gets on CBS and does his little uh, two four seven about Cristobal coming, and they ask him a question, it was one of my favorite videos. I clipped it up real quick and put it out there on Twitter. Is Hey, so how long, they asked him, how long is it going to take for Mario to have an impact against the Alabamas, Clemsons, uh, Texas A&Ms that come down there and take their picks of the, you know, five-star wide receivers, whatever, the playmakers down here in South Florida, or really as crewing at all. And they, and, and, and Andrew Ivan said, because he said, is it gonna, how many years? It's going to take one, it's going to take two, take three. And he said, how about a week? How about a wow. week? So that that is my point, and that and Andrew Ivins. I don't know if you've heard the you know if you're plugged into the two four seven. You know they were talking about uh, staffing, and these are just random names, opinions. It's not saying this is going to happen, but you know they were talking about Andrew Ivins coming actually being paid on University of Miami's recruiting staff, a part of the well, player listen, personnel. Get rid of Susan Duggan. Get rid of Barry Jackson, like because 
There's I know just, Barry Jackson been being the Heat man. I know he's messed I, I up get before. It. I, I get it, but like <laughs> he has, but he has. Who he's only got the old timers, and the old timers are plugged into the financial side. So no so, young people, yeah. I can tell you, are talking to him. But but Andrew Ivan's at two four seven. Obviously, a now Southeast region kind of guy that does recruiting and talks that whole thing. You know, plugging somebody like him, they've done that before with rivals, bringing them out to, I think, um, Vanderbilt or something, I believe, like that. They went out there in SEC paper. So it's not been done be- not been done before. But your point was, your question was, what do we see and what do we see happen with some of these big names? Now, I don't think the Florida things are a direct correlation, right? I, I, I We're not going to see the, the quarterback from Florida come to Miami, right? No, I mean, no. I, but I what about someone that. like Isaiah Bond? So Isaiah Bond just committed yesterday. Um, he actually Fair decommitted early. I think you're talking Correct. about Jaden Gibson. Jaden Gibson. Uh, Jaden yeah, Gibson. Yeah. So Jaden Gibson, um, you know, if you look at today, what they talked about, um, you know, he's a Florida State lean. Um, he had some Georgia. He's He likes that north side of Florida. Um, however, it's all going to depend to me on who you bring in as an OC and who you bring in as a wide receiver coach. If you can get those two and show that that's going to continue, I think the Tyler Van Dyke, the Cristobal, the program, the access, people got to forget all of this talk about what the program's going to get to financially. And I think that is big for them. And I do think you can get in. For me, it's either Jaden Gibson, Kelvin Coleman, you know, let's say nobody else drops on the staff and on, on the current one. Isaiah Horton's still on there. You know, he had talked about dropping if Rob Likens is out, you know, potentially Rob. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but potentially Rob Likens is out or somewhere else on the staff. Uh, Ibietta, uh, concerns you know we that we were were really in on them lsu was in on them let let me ask you about that kid right yeah do we need another slot receiver so i I think quarterback every year right you you get a quarterback every year so if you think ibn is going to turn into a brex and barrios yes in four years you would say derek why didn't we take ibn so i think you you don't look at the size xavier you've had harley right now on the short side of the field you got brandon all right excuse me brandon you got uh um you got Smith, right? Yeah, Bouchard. You got Bouchard. You got Bouchard. Bouchard's a, a Swiss Army knife, right? And you got X as a true slot. And then, but um, don't get me wrong, you still can play Jacoby in the slot as well. No, and, and and so you're asking me the question on evaluation. I'll be totally honest. I have not looked at Ivietta as much. I've ter- I've heard on yeah. the seven on seven camp he's eating people up. So okay, so so I, has Mark. So has, so has Mark Pope. Right. No, understand. <laughs> now I will tell you the difference. Uh, uh, Ivietta um, is a solid built. Power. He's played option. He put an RPO. He's he he has played in big time football. Power. He's not a skill scat out of it. He puts what you see on on seven on seven on tape. And I'm not a, I'm not sitting here raving about Abiella. Yeah, yeah. You just asked the question. Yeah, I could yeah. see them dropping them. I have to be. I could see them dropping Isaiah Horton. Because let me ask you this. Moving forward, let, let's get some big names. Yeah. Let, okay. Let's let's talk about Ke- Najee Kelly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, in your oh, opinion, I think I think it's I think it's one hundred fifty percent. He's in personally. Shamar, I think Shamar Stewart. Uh, if he does not, there's pressure right now. Go ahead. Yeah, Derek, I'm sorry. no, no. I was just gonna say. I, okay, no, so, Yeah, so so you think Shamar's one hundred? I do. Okay, so I think Shamar. The telling sign right now is Texas A&M wants him to commit early. They're yeah. worried about Mario Cristobal. If yeah. he doesn't commit here in the week, I I do not bet against Mario Cristobal. Landing him in February. And so I think it would be 100% if he comes in February on the late, on the national signing day, not early. What else? Man, it depends on how many numbers they have, but yes, I think so. I think. Listen, what do you think? You got got a little bit more size on that one. (laughs) So, again, I haven't talked to Senior in in a little while. All I know is, and Bird and I can, we can reference this. Yep. All I know is when, 
when Junior was in Alabama on his OV, Mario was FaceTiming and calling him at his OV at Alabama because mm-hmm. Mario wanted him in Oregon. Yeah. You got to remember, Earl and Mario, they go back, right? Like, they're friends. Yeah. And, and I think with Mario coming here, going to change. And, and if I'm not mistaken, Earl doesn't have a committable offer yet from Alabama, if I'm mistaken. Well, that's the debate, right? Because you'd say, why is he committed? The Florida State lean a little bit. You know, I, don't LSU think, I don't think was, he would ever. I, no, I don't think he would ever go to Florida State. No yeah, I, I get it. But I'm like wondering why some of these other Yahoos are going there. But you got, you got, you got, you know, Oregon. Like if you looked at play, and and and, and Senior said this already, right? Oregon, right? Um, USC wanted to come out. He turned that off. Just to let you know. So that's a big sell out to me. That's a huge sign right now. Yep. They wanted him to get out this weekend. Yeah. You want to know recruiting, and I know we're going to get short on time. If you want to pay attention to recruiting, what's going to happen on early signing day? Pay attention to this weekend, okay? Yeah. So one I'm thing to remember is anybody that has visited, okay, here's the important part. Anybody that has visited, already had their five visited, and visited under the Manny Diaz coaching tree or, or coaching time, um, can come back at again and doesn't count. They can get a six visit. If they have never visited before and they've already used their five, they can't back. They can't come back on a, on a, on a three. Yeah, one. So be yeah. careful with over. If you don't know that you might yeah. go, well, that guy didn't come back. Well, he never came before, so he can't come. Be, again, right. Um, so, so I would pay attention. So you talk to me, these are the names that I'm looking at right now. I'm very interested in Kelvin Coleman. You mentioned mm-hmm. him already. I'm interested in Jaden Gibson come back. Jaden come, comes back this weekend. Jaden, look at his ratings. When we were on him, he was a low two star, three star, you know, low, low three star skipping. He's moved all the way up. Um, you know, Jaleel Skinner, remember right after they talked about it, Jaleel Skinner said we were number two in the, on his list. Okay. Everybody thought FSU was, he's come out and said number two. He I loves Coach Field too. If we right? keep Coach yes. Field. He loves Coach Field. And I, I, I've heard both things. I've heard both of the reports, Field gone, Field's in. I hope Field's is in. Um, well, you remember, he, he has coached with Mario before. I, so. I know, but, and that's why. So I think here's the other thing. Though, but, but let me ask you this. And, and I know we only have a couple of minutes. But there's also talk about maybe trying to reach back out and grabbing, you know, Todd Hartley back from Georgia. I saw that and I wrote that down. He is an amazing recruiter too. Um, But you remember, uh, Hartley also recruited nationally. Fields has got more impact. And I'm a Fields guy. If you're asking me the two, I'm keeping Fields. But I want to keep the dogs home. Um, You know, there's some – this is guys that's coached down there. Uh, He has allegiances. And he can go out and reach out and get somebody. So me – so anyway, Jaleel Skinner, Kevin Banks – Remember, Kelvin Banks, five-star offensive tackle, one of the top, if not the top tackle in the nation, depends on what you're looking at. He was committed to Oregon, right? He did decommitted on the, you know, Mario. Mario's in there today in his thing in a small little town in in Texas going, you had me? I brought the offensive line coach. Good. Did you see the video of the the Banks kid trucking somebody? Oh, yeah. Somebody, that was amazing. I actually saw somebody. Destroyed the soul out of, like, knocked the soul out of this kid. So listen. Go ahead. We, we got about 45 seconds. Oh, no, no. I, the last ones, if you run through names, you pay attention to Anthony Lucas, TJ yeah. Dudley, another great linebacker, right? Yep. Uh, and I'm interested to see who drops. To, to be honest, and I hate to say that for kids at this late in the game, it sucks. It's part of the business. But I'm I'm interested Graves. to see how many how many numbers they get. Graves. Well, Graves, I, I want to keep them. Marquise Williams, that's a striker position. Do we keep do we keep Marquise? Um, we're not going to probably use a striker. So how do we see that? I'm interested in who sticks. And how many numbers we go with? Yeah. Do we go with 18? Do we go with 17? Gotcha. Listen, thank you guys so much for listening to the Kang Gang Radio Show. It's your boy DC signing off. Dirty Bird Jason, appreciate y'all being on. We out here.